Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everyone, to the Alt Left. This is episode 50. You're here after our one year mark. Thank you very much for sticking around. I don't know what you're doing here. We appreciate that you joined us on this fucking weird journey we're on. Today, we've got a special guest. I think you're going to like it for our 50th. We're going to be covering a really cool topic of basically kind of covering all the four quarters of the left. Yes, we have ourselves an anarchist. And uh, so we're all four here together today. Uh, With me, as always, is uh, Matthew Jumbo Johnson. Hey, everyone. Glad to be back. The Reverend Dr. K. (laughs) Good evening, everyone. And our neighborhood friendly anarchist, Jordan, from the 805 Uncensored podcast. Yo, yo. How you doing, everybody? Glad you're here with us, man. So yeah, let's um let let's 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 dive in. You know, a lot of people know what the word anarchy means. People scream anarchy, people like to, you know, fucking spray paint A's everywhere, but what does actual functional anarchy in the Western world mean? Because we know you're not talking about blowing up mailboxes, you're talking about a political system of self-reliance and coalition building. So what does anarchy mean in the modern sense to you? Yeah, basically um, what you're getting at is a lot of people equate anarchy equals chaos, anarchy equals just total fucking catastrophe. I saw um, a Twitter post the other day that had a traffic light and it was like some developing country and it was just um, inside the intersection. It was a bunch of vehicles just crashing into one another and like they're like, this is an anarchist society. So anarchy is when no traffic lights, anarchy is when no rules. <laughs> no, but all, all jokes aside, anarchism is about having uh, no rules, no leaders, um, no unjustified hierarchies. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean no authority because um, I very much take the anarchist approach to uh, that Noam Chomsky applies. So what I'm saying is in terms of like you can have an authority figure and still adhere to anarchist principles. For example, like if you're a parent and your daughter runs out into the street, you could stop her from doing that because she could get hit by a car. That's you're being an authority figure there. However, that's it. That's not an unjustified hierarchy in my view. So anarchism is about withering away the power of the state getting rid of capitalism. As an anarchist, we believe in the abolition of private property, abolition of classes, abolition of money, and we're arranging we're thinking of arranging a society based on voluntary exchange. And um, what I was getting at before we started recording is uh, under an anarchist society, it would be from each according to their ability to each according to their need, which is a Marxian principle. So essentially, you produce what you can and do what you can, but you're not forced to do anything, if that makes sense. Yeah, and there's a reason why anarchists and communists tend to be fighting siblings all the time because the, the the ethos are very similar you know they are about mutual aid they are about collaboration um and they are completely uh anti-money anti-finance anti-capitalist in nature yeah i think where they where they differ the most is anarchists would like to abolish the state immediately and marxists want to eventually see the state wither away my God, you're the, I just got to say, like, you're the only non-Marxist I've ever heard 
who happily states that. Um, because that's the thing, is, is communism is supposed to lead eventually, at the end of the day, the dissolution of the state. And no one ever wants to admit that because you either have the tankies who love the state, which are few and far between, but they're kind of like Trumpsters. You know, they're the minority, but they're the loud minority. Yeah, they're very loud, unfortunately. Yeah. Here's the communists don't like tankies. None of us do. And, and, and the tankies are a very, very... Right. And I, would even, people... I would even argue that they embolden the right. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Oh, one hundred percent. When you hear a hardcore tanky, you kind of gotta wonder if it's psyop or if it's real. <laughs> you know, when these guys are sitting there sucking off Xi Jinping on Twitter, you know. But the funny thing is, is that there is. It, I think that's what gives bullshit horseshoe theory um, its foundation too. Because, like, okay, for instance, like anarchy. Right? Like, I'm actually in a Facebook group that said uh, it's it's about tankies, and they're like, mm-hmm. tankies make horseshoe theory theory true. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and the thing is, is, is so oh, deliberate. Real quick, I just for everybody involved, I, I just want to clarify again, just so everyone who's listening who may not know is aware, horseshoe theory for those that are unfamiliar. Yes, is total this bullshit. idea that the far left and the far right are basically the exact same thing, and the middle is where everybody at is at. And and basically what that means is anti-fascists are equal to Nazis, which is the yes. stupidest fucking thing that could ever be out there in the world let me just clarify none of us are for it it's stupid it's idiotic yeah and it, it, it's absolute garbage and and you know it's garbage because of who believes in it right and the two groups that will jump onto horseshoe theory are either dumb uneducated right-wingers who are like antifa threw a bottle that means they're fascists and it's like guys so you don't actually know what those <laughs> words mean got it or you find liberals who are like well a cop shot an unarmed black guy and a bunch of people got mad about it these are the same thing <laughs> you know and that's horseshoe theory in a nutshell whenever whenever someone sits there and goes well it's really sad the cops are bad but think of the property damage it's the same thing they're just as bad or you're like well these these rioters are just hurting their own neighborhoods it's like well that, that is some that is some liberal white nonsense right fucking there you know it's crazy they burned portland to the ground three times right portland will never recover it just keeps getting god did you hear the the chaz uh, the, the the chaz autonomous zone uh, already nuked new york five times it's amazing <laughs> They had more deaths than COVID in Chaz. <laughs> Did you know Stalin and Mao killed 6 billion people? <laughs> oh my God. We could have an entire episode on the Black Book of Communism. Oh my God. That's the best read. If anybody hasn't read, by the way, also for listeners, if you haven't heard of the Black Book of Communism, it was written, God, when was that written? It was like the 60s or 70s, wasn't it? Yeah, something like um, that. And it's just total red scare nonsense. And they talk about the millions killed by communism. And to be fair, Stalin and Mao killed a lot of people, a mm-hmm. lot of their own people. They made some very poor decisions. Now, I would argue Stalin was no communist. Stalin was a dictator. But regardless, they did have a high death count. The thing is, they killed those people out of stupidity and making poor decisions, not the amount they put in there because they include deaths of Nazis as yeah, victims of yeah. communism. <laughs> All the Germans who died in World War II, victims of communism. Oh, my God. And then you have like super bad faith actors on the right that'll say like, well, actually, the Nazis were leftists. That's why they had socialism in the name. Yeah, that's that's my favorite is, is well, it says it's national socialism. It's like, OK, well, the fucking North Korea is the Democratic People's <laughs> Republic of Korea. 
doesn't mean shit. Clearly, that means they're democratic, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It means they're democratic. That's what it always means. But again, just like uh, the, the tanky thing, you know, anarchy is also been used for horseshoe because the there's a very famous book, uh, Machiavelli's The Prince. And if you haven't read Machiavelli, I'll spare you some details. It is awful. Um, but basically, <laughs> it prescribes um, that if you want to be successful in life, you should just have no ethos whatsoever, right? The, the the shittiest will rise to the top. And that's actually where the term, the Greek term um, anarchy comes from is because Arcos is like the soul and the leadership and structure of morality. And so to be without it is anarchos, which is anarchy. And libertarians on the right have also lumped into that and tried to call themselves anarchists. Like I'm sure, you, I'm, I mean, you're an anarchist. I'm sure you pulled your hair out looking at all these these fucking uh, right-wing libertarian anarchy, these ANCAPs, right? Oh, yeah. Anarcho-capitalism is completely ridiculous. You, <laughs> it, you cannot be an anarchist and be pro-capitalism because yeah. capitalism by definition is a hierarchy. Yeah. And it is a hierarchy that is, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, it's a hierarchy that's built upon hoarding resources where anarchy is the opposite. Anarchy is about the free distribution and trade of resources. Yep. Hoarding resources and also coercion. Yeah. Which are antithetical to anarchism. And that's that's the meat and potatoes of where anarchy and communism tend to disagree. Is because, again, I'm going to go ahead and make an assumption here for you on yours that anarchy is about that anti-coercion. It's about the free will of trading resources is that people should come together according to their desires and trade freely for what they wish. Um, whereas communism believes that that will never work and the state must do it at gunpoint, basically. Yeah, absolutely. All right, fair enough. At least we're on the same route. So I guess my question, again, because I actually think anarchism is terrific. I think there's a lot of really good stuff. Again, if all Marxist theory works correctly in the way it should, communism will actually lead to the dissolution of the state. And you would have anarchy because Marxism tells us that we need a state bureaucracy to funnel these goods. And that once generations have gone by with people living in in peace and in a socialist structure, they won't need the state anymore. What exactly. would you say about that step? So do you believe that middle step is necessary? Like, do you believe in Marxist thought that we need to cruise through socialism, communism until we evolve into a stateless society? Or do you believe that that's an, an unneeded step and that we just need to abolish the state? Um, I think when the revolution ultimately happens, I think we can just abolish the state right away and then we can work together and figure it out. I don't believe that adding in another state and adding in capitalism is going to lead to communism. And I think history proves that. Okay, but then, so I guess then my question is what would, let's, okay, so for instance, we all live here in Southern California, right? Mm -hmm. How would you regulate the quality of fuel so goods can be shipped? And how would you ensure that you can get goods to, again, that you cannot grow enough food in a metropolis like Los Angeles, San Francisco, San mm -hmm. Diego. There is not enough farmland within a day's drive to feed these people. You need an international syndicate of shipping to feed the insane amount of human mouths we have. So how would an abolition of the state not cause mass starvation? So uh, anarchism, it would have to be implemented, I believe, on a small scale within like mm -hmm. very small villages and communes. I don't think that like an entire country could be anarchist. It would have to be split into multiple federations and communes. I would, I would actually agree because I think in small communes it does work. Because again, I mean, if you look at the Amish, that's a perfect mm -hmm. anarchist commune with the exception of religion. In Russia, there was actually successful anarchy for about four years during the Russian Civil War. 
Yeah. And they controlled um, a section of Soviet Ukraine. There was actually a huge anarchist movement in Soviet Russia before uh, before nothing bad happened. Yeah, much. and in Latin America and in Cuba <laughs> especially, anarchism was actually preferred among the working class before Marxism was. Uh, in general, yeah. Uh, it really depends on where you're talking about. Because like, if you're talking about northern South America, if you want to talk about like, Central America especially, um, if we're going to talk about countries like Mexico and El Salvador, like, these are places that, no, they, they were full red. Um, and they didn't have much of an anarchist meaning, but like, yeah, you're right in, in, in South America, like, are you talking about like places like, like, uh, Chile, Venezuela? Yes. Chile and Venezuela, especially. Yeah. They had, and they had very successful anarchist movements actually. Mm-hmm. But then actually on the flip side of that, like Argentina's was super fascist. Like, I don't know if you yeah. guys know this, but Argentina harbored a lot of Nazis. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Big time. Big time. That's actually uh that's that's a running joke in this group because my mom's from Argentina and my dad's family goes back to Germany. So oh, no shit. Kay think I'm a Nazi. So yeah. Well, it gets even better than that because because uh, Kay is a kraut, so between I'm, I'm just holding my ground here between a between a German and an Argentinian, so uh yeah. I'm always a little on edge. Uh he from England. Hey, hey, hey. God save the queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, only I'm allowed to claim bad blood. Okay. Not you guys. <laughs> oh, pardon me. I see how that works. <laughs> it's, it's that English uh, snobbiness that's coming through right now. Yes. I, I believe in the dictatorship of the hypocrite. So <laughs> <laughs> this is where my thought processes come into conflict. And, and the theory is, okay. So like you're an anarchist, right? What, what do you envision for a revolutionary change in oh the current God. situation. Because, like, I agree with you that in a small system, anarchy is actually the best system. Because, I mean, let's be fair. That's, 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 the, that's where humans started. Mm-hmm. You know, living in, 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 in tribal familiar groups where people, you know, had hierarchies of the will, uh, that's how human ev- evolution happened. We didn't, you know, until we got into kingdoms, there was nothing different than anarchy. Right. But with, you know, how many billions of people in the world we have now, how do we bring about uh, a change that would be pro-anarchy with this population? Um, it's, it's really difficult to say, especially in the context of our country, the United States. So first of all, we've dealt with two giant red scares, probably going into a third one. Yep. We just, we, we don't have a tradition of leftism really in this country, at least not for a very long time. If ever. I think, yeah, maybe at least since like Reagan took over in the 80s, because if you read like Howard Zenn's People's History of the United States, there was a strong labor movement like in the 1930s and 40s. But what I was going to say is in, in the context of the United States specifically, I don't think that we could actually get to full on communism, at least not within our lifetimes. I think that we're on a collision course between social democracy and fascism. So I think that we're either going to improve the material conditions in our country or we're not. And capitalism is just going to continue to have um, contradictions that play out and it'll turn into a frenzy and people will have much more um, authoritarian sympathies. And I think a full on fascist development could go into play. Oh, yeah, I agree 100 percent with that. Yeah, I actually think that's where we're headed to. Um you know, not only is, is communism unlikely because of the culture of this nation, but I, I got to tell you, and, and social democracy is very popular amongst the left. I don't see it winning, um, you know, because of these red scares, like just the, the, the idea of the word social. Yeah, I mean, we, we can't even get like the political terminology correct. 
Yeah, and, and there is absolutely a coordinated right-wing effort right now. There is an, a huge American fascist movement. I mean, again, they're, 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 they're fucking, they're, they're Trumpers and the Proud Boys. and yeah. These guys are fascists. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, like we've, we've gotten to a point in this country where for a big portion, not just right-wingers, but centrists and even a lot of liberals too, where they see fascism as the preferable option or alternative to any kind of socialism. Well, and fascism is just like socialism. Um, everyone thinks it's cool. They just don't like the word. And what I mean is like you, t- I mean, I, I literally had a, a conversation uh, with two coworkers who are libertarians. Um, and we we're talking about like the homeless issue, right? And, you know, we had a, we had a, a conversation about it and we, they came to the conclusion. They're like, well, look, you know, we just, we don't like the idea of the government just handing out money. And I was like, so what's your solution? And like, well, you know, there's like abandoned, uh, you know, abandoned strip, you know, malls and there's, you know, empty hotels and stuff where the government could take those over, could build them up, give people a room, give people food, put them on their feet. They don't get any money. If they want money, they have to go and get a job, but like get them back on their feet so they could become productive members of society. I was like, that's socialism. (laughs) You're talking about a social safety net. No, no, I don't like socialism. And it's like, but you're describing. It's like, can you imagine walking into IHOP and being like, well, I fucking hate pancakes. Like, oh, well, (laughs) what if we gave you something that was like a flat disc of sweet dough maybe put some kind of syrup on top of it oh that sounds delicious just as long as you don't give me fucking what pancakes. about crepes yeah, it's <laughs> would like, you like a crepe it reminds me of um like obamacare versus the affordable care act oh, oh my god that was oh, that <laughs> fucking wanted to pound nails through my head every time i had that fucking debate obamacare yeah. fuck that yeah what do you think about it the aca uh, what oh, I no love that's that. great love it it's fucking great got me some insurance i'm like oh you yeah, the same fucking, fucking motherfucker. <laughs> yeah and How's it's your the social same security? Thing. So yeah. these people will argue for socialism. They just don't like the word. It's the same with fascism. If you talk to a fascist, they're like, well, we want Jesus and we want the military. God bless our troops. I want cops on every corner. And I just don't like black people. And it's like, well, that, that, that fucking sounds like fascism. No, that's just <laughs> what the Jews are telling you to think. It's like, bro. Like, <laughs> and it's, they don't like the word. Yeah. But fascism and socialism are in vogue, man. I was going to yeah. say... Um, they, being the ruling class, will always prefer fascism over social democracy because fascism, at the end of the day, does not threaten the interests of capital. Oh, at all. At all. No, In fact, no like it enhances the, it. The, 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 the wealthy would not be affected by a fascist fascist regime. Well, they wouldn't be affected by a socialist one. Yes, and, and <laughs> let's be fair. Both political parties at this point have become fascist. Yeah. The well, yeah. we have, well, we have a conservative party, and then we have a fascist party. I, the, the, yes. the, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, even then, I actually don't necessarily agree to all that because I would say the Democrats are, are a conservative party typically. Yeah. But That's I got to tell you. Oh, okay. You're saying but, traditionally. But I don't even know. They might they might be worse than that because think of what the Democratic Party actually does. The Democratic Party is for the smashing of dissent. The Democratic Party is the one who runs a torture camp currently overseas the democratic party has fucking concentration camps at the border based on race i mean i'm sorry this doesn't sound conservative this sounds fucking fascist the democratic party came out and had to tell everyone the last election and had to kiss everyone's ass and scream that we are still capitalist we promise i mean the democratic party is running if if the democratic party if the republican party didn't exist i would doubt anybody would not think 
anybody left would not think the Democratic Party are fascists because they have an I mean, think about what fascism is. They have an absolute adherence and worship of capital. They absolutely want to marry the state with industry for profit. Mm -hmm. And they are ultra nationalistic and ultra militaristic. And they are now jingoistic. How is that not fascism? Yeah. I mean, you got a good point. I mean, even getting into like some of the things that Democrats are typically for, like, well, let's talk about environment, for instance, like everyone's giving Biden hand jobs right now because of uh, we, we just, what he just did at the uh, that I always forget the name of the conference that just happened. What yeah, the it? European summit he just had. Yeah, yeah. 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 twenty six. But then just today, what does he do? He just authorized one of the biggest expanses of drilling in the Gulf. Like. Uh, that's ever been heard of like the environmental impact of it alone is going to be something equivalent to like a year's worth of like uh, running every coal coal factory we have on full blast. Not to mention he's actually authorized more drilling than even Trump has in just a short time. Well, Joe so Biden was vice president and, and Obama was president during standing rock where the president and vice president yeah. were knowingly violating us treaties because people were too Brown and indigenous. Yeah. Again, so it's like I, 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 I challenge the three of you. Give me a reason why the Democratic Party isn't a fascist party. I, I don't disagree. It, it, with it's you, honestly. Those, no, yeah, I mean, I'm not, but I'm not like, I'm not even here to have the debate. I think you bring a valid point. Uh, here's the thing. I think it, I it's think one one's more fascist than the yeah, other. If absolutely. not full on fascist, they at least enable it. Yeah, I was going to say the best thing that you could give to the Democratic Party at this point is that they are doing nothing to stop fascism. And at this point, what's the difference? What do you mean? Yeah. We can't we shouldn't we shouldn't just talk about January 6th every day, 24 seven. Yeah, I mean, again, if we're going to look at like the wiki definition of fascism, right, it's a form of far right authoritarian ultra nationalism characterized by dictatorial power, forcible suppression, forcible suppression of opposition and strong regimentation of society and of the economy. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Forcible suppression of opposition. That, that sounds like Antifa to me. That's Antifa, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> the real You're fascists. describing Antifa, the real fascists. <laughs> so yeah, but that's the thing is that describes both parties, and I, I don't even think that it's the Democrats are just enabling it. I think the Democrats just aren't as loud about it. The Democrats are hiding from it. They don't like that. With that definition of fascism, again, it's like, but that innate that is both parties. Both parties are absolutely complicit in this. One of them is simply not afraid of being it, and the other one is trying to deny it. But that's what we really have here. Which is ironic for like from the Republican standpoint, because they're always like talking, saying like vaccine mandates or Nazi Germany and shit. And oh, then Jesus. like they'll literally make the same arguments as Nazis. But then they're like, oh, well, we're, we're against Nazism. Yeah, it's like <laughs> no, Nazi Germany not. anyway. We should lock up the gays. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, man. I, I am seeing less and less difference between American conservatism and the 1940s Nazi party. I really am. As time it's goes by. these are the same picture. Become, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. There is the, the no difference. <laughs> yeah. The, the same white people are in those photos. Chris, yeah. we'll talk about this in the episode on my podcast about fascism. But uh, the United States had multiple Nazi rallies. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Oh, God. and Nazi lawyers actually Are studied you... U.S. Jim Crow laws. Absolutely. I mean, bro, uh, there's a reason why there's the trope in like the old Disney cartoons in the 70s and 80s where all the rocket scientists had German accents. Oh, yeah. Opera I'm sure Operation... you guys know about Paperclip. Yeah, Operation yeah. Paperclip. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want to kill the Jews. Oh, we lost the war. Okay, I make rockets for America. I really <laughs> want to read that book, by the way. Which one? Uh, Operation Paperclip by Annie Jacobson. Oh. 
yeah, it, it, Operation Paperclip is 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 a goddamn fascinating piece of uh, of history. But honestly, so is all of World War II. Because again, for instance, we literally put the German. There was I forgot which German it was. Um, I, I, it was shit. Now I can't remember. Real Alfred quick, this is why I'm an anarchist, though, because it's like <laughs> can't trust any of these fucking people. <laughs> no, and and that is that is the folly of communism is it requires a strong state, but statism is flawed, and that is the, and that is from my view the problem with both anarchism and communism is that communism has a great solution because you need a large bureaucracy to cover the needs of the people, but large bureaucracies in themselves are untrustworthy and fallible. And then anarchism does away with that reliance on a fallible, corruptible state, but then people don't get fed. And so it's like I find both of them fail in opposite ways addressing each other's problems, which it's almost like if there was some kind of anarcho-communist uh, <laughs> unity, that would actually probably work really well. <laughs> but what, well, am, I, what am I saying? I actually got a question for you. Do you, do you believe or do you subscribe to the idea that communism necessarily leads to uh, – totalitarian dictatorships uh, run me through that one more time say that again do you, do you subscribe to the idea that communism will necessarily lead to a totalitarian dictatorship in which it's um you know essentially stalin basically it will happen every single time because no. that kind of system naturally leads to that kind of uh no. power hungry Sorry, what ahead. I will say is that communism will absolutely lead to – I mean they call it the dictatorship of the proletariat for a reason. Communism does not believe in democracy. Neither does anarchism. You know, Democracy, again, is deciding who will be slaves of the other. Um, majority rules is a terrible idea. Majority rules is the best idea in small communes. Majority rules for hundreds of millions of people is a terrible idea. That's how you get slavery. But um, no, it, it absolutely leads to a oppressive and dictatorial government. It just depends on who's on that oppression against, you know, all, all the all the gusanos who fled Cuba will gladly tell you that uh, that that that, he, that um, you know, Castro was awful and he was a dictator. And it's like, well, yes, he was. He was also <laughs> dealing with the fucking CIA and a whole bunch of counter revolutionaries. But you fail to talk about how, you know, he did things like build hospitals and end your parents slavery. Yep. <laughs> so you basically, know. when people are anti-Castro, they're they're essentially saying they're pro-Batista, right? Basically, yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like people who are like, "Well, I I don't like the Reconstruction era because they took away my family's farm." It's like you mean your family's plantation? Yeah. <laughs> it, let me tell you something. There was only certain people who got hung and got their land taken, and it was surf owners. <laughs> That's that's who got fucked over in Cuba was American banking interests and people who owned people. No lies there. To shift back to what we were talking earlier about Nazism coming back, it's like it never really left and it's new, you know, and we think of fascism as this uniquely German problem of the 1930s and 40s that, well, there was this short period of time where Germany went crazy, um, but then it ended and everything's fine. It was fine before. It's fine now. The strudel for all. It's good. We're fine. And no, is that fascism arose as a political theory, and it became very popular, not just in Germany. Again, there's a reason the Italians went. The Spanish were fascist. The Greek were fascist. Yeah, the Spanish Civil War. Until, Absolutely. Until, until Franco cracked down on us. Yeah. Anarchists had a pretty good run in Spain. That's actually, I think, one of, uh, uh, historically, that's one of anarchists 
greatest runs is in Spain is anarchists single-handedly stood up to the fascist regime of Spain. And literally you had a grassroots community neighborhood based resistance to a fascist world power that pretty much succeeded for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did until they were militarily crushed. Yeah, but it was, it was impressive the the, 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 anti-fascist resistance in Spain was very impressive. But that's something is this happened to everyone again. It took it, it was popular in the United States. We literally had Nazi, not just fascists. We had Nazi rallies. Okay? Yeah, Madison Square Garden had a famous one in 1939. Yeah, if you go down to to La Cañada, La Crescenta area, you'll find swastikas still on the light poles because that's when they were created. And there's a, a whole bunch of it out there, and it was popular everywhere because we had gotten out of World War One and the idea of of ultranationalism saving the day was popular. People liked that, and they still do. We have America First parties. And where do you think that term came from when Trump went out there and screamed America First? That came from Lindbergh. That came from World War II United States Fascist Party. It, it, that's and so that that idea that's kind of where I was going with the with the victor's justice thing it was is when we put the nazis on trial you know we had an international military tribunal right and and we put these nazis up and some of them claimed that they were getting victor's justice which is pretty fair because if we're going to sit here and say that the nazis were the worst thing ever how come we didn't put the Japanese on trial for their crimes against humanity? Because let me tell you something, mm. the science experiments that they did on live people made the Nazis look tame. Um, what the Japanese did, the rape of Nanking, that was a fucking war mm. crime. Yeah. And let's not even go into what the Allies did, because people like to talk shit about Stalin. Uh, Winston Churchill created a famine in India for fun. He wanted the grain shipped out to the war, and when he was asked, how, what about all the, the, the Indians that are going to die? He literally stole all their food. Um, he actually he actually said that's because they breed like rabbits, and it's their fault. Jeez. And, and let millions of Indians die. And again, that's just, you know, one guy's shitty decision. The U.S. had a bombing campaign in World War II. We firebombed Tokyo. And the reason we firebombed them is because we knew that most buildings in Tokyo were made of very dry and thin wood. That's what they made buildings out of. Dresden, famous firebombing. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the neo-Nazis, they actually rise every year on the anniversary of the bombing in Dresden. And they they actually use that as like a rally cry against uh, the West, like against yeah. the United States and England and the Allied powers. Yeah, which again, so is, is an ancient, like, it's, it's, it is a war it's like crime, 19th century, like, isn't it? Whoa. No, no, no. This was during World War II. Oh, I'm sorry, because I know there was a there was a there was a back when Dresden was like called Saxony. There was one mm-hmm. hundreds of years ago. But yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and, but they'll rally around any of that shit. But again, us mm-hmm. firebombing Tokyo. It, it, by the way, McNamara has actually admitted publicly that what we did was a war crime, and the only reason he's not facing justice is because we won the war. And then not only did we burn to death an entire capital city of women and children, we then vaporized two more. When we didn't even need to. Like, people are like, oh, well, the death toll. It's like, well, first of all, the death toll you're talking about are troops who have signed up for combat, yeah. not vaporizing fucking children. Mm-hmm. Um, but number two, that wasn't the, the Japanese were about to surrender. They had already offered conditions of surrender. We just didn't like them because we didn't want them to keep their emperor. We wanted unconditional, which we ended up letting them keep their emperor anyway. But we didn't like that. They were actually working out a peace agreement with the Russians, and we didn't want to have that. We couldn't have the Russians win the war. So we had to, A, 
fuck the Russians out of their victory, and B, show the Russians that we'd already gotten to the nuke, and so we nuked two cities so no one would fuck with us. And that's what it was really about. Yes. What it was really exactly. about is showing Russia muscle. not to fuck with us. Yeah. You know? It, yeah, it we, wasn't about anything that had to do with the Japanese no, needing it was about, to it was surrender and saving Russia. lives. It was, it was about showing them that we had the nuke and, and that we weren't afraid to use it. Twice. Again, and the Japanese were were monarchist fascist. You know, this is this is a, a a newer concept that's only kind of existed in the 20th century. Well, I would even argue that the United States internment of Japanese Americans was a fascist policy. Absolutely, Absolutely it was. It was a concentration camp, and that's yeah. why it, it, it always. It, God, I, I argue with fucking liberals all the time. I'm like, well, Joe Biden is great because at least he's not doing like he's running concentration camps. He's yeah, running fucking concentration he's, camps. He's running them because he hasn't <laughs> shut them down. Yes. And nobody and then they just they just pivot. And it's like, I don't care what you say about Joe Biden and Democrats. Well, have you heard about the concentration camps? Have you heard about the private prison loophole? Oh, yeah. Now they're putting now they're putting undocumented people in them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're reopening. And then, yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what they're doing. Change the business model. (laughs) Yep. Meet the new boss. Same as the old boss. I think you hit on an interesting bit there that we kind of glossed over, but I do want to go back to it because I've got another good example from a social perspective of of fascism being sexy because it is. And there's actually a really good, uh, I don't want to call it a social experiment, but a social part of this that can kind of prove what you're talking about. And I know, Chris, I know you're going to be with me. Kay, I don't know because I don't think we've had this conversation, but a Mm. great example of this is uh, Starship Troopers, the movie Starship Troopers. That movie is one of the most un- understood misunderstood movies there is the entire movie is an indictment of fascism but most people especially right-winger fanboys think it's some sort of like indictment of war or worse than that think it's just a great action flick with hero american white guys saving the day well and to be Um, fair the book is not the book is pro-fascism I, I understand that, but I'm talking specifically about the movie because it's more well-known than the book by far. Oh, yeah. And it's consistently misunderstood and misrepresented. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, go see it. It's a great watch. But the entire movie is a, an indictment of fascism. Like it's a it's a world where the entire planet Earth is fascist and starting wars with alien races. And anybody that doesn't understand that look and it's completely it's a completely accurate representation of fascism and it's but, like over the top it's not even subtle at, at all i mean they're wearing fucking ss uniforms the only difference is they don't have the nazi iconography but the uniforms are like put them next to an ss officer and it's the same fucking thing with different medals like that's literally just it like but it's in your face with it but because you don't have swastikas and the ss badge and, and things that people are used to associating with fascism, people kind of just eat it up and they love it because most people that I've talked to that don't get this literally think the good guys are the humans in those movies and they're not. They're well, the and, evil and, fascist villains. And again, let's be fair, that, that requires people to look at fascism in action and disagree with it. But that, but that's, but I think that's why you brought up a good point is because when you take away the iconography that people know is bad, i.e. the Nazi symbols, then fascism on paper does look good. It does look sexy. It's a bunch of clean cut white people, you know, you know, waving the American flag or the humanity flag in this case and saving the fucking day. That's what fascism likes to present itself as. But what it really is when you get down to it is Nazi Germany. That's literally what the end result of fascism is. Well, and if you're part of the protected class, fascism works great. 
hundred percent of the time. Yep. 1930s Germany. If you're an Aryan with money, fascism worked out fucking great for you, (laughs) you know? So what I think, I think the real reason, because, you know, people will talk about these political theories and, and the reason why you even have right versus left. And we've talked about this on the show. Being right wing means you have to be looking out for your own is a you already have to be part of the the upper class right um which is why you tend to find uh women of color uh not particularly you know people like women of color not particularly a far-right conservative because they tend to be dull minorities and well, you also poor. have to be a dumb uh religious nut. yeah and highly educated or highly religious like but as, if you're part of the if you're part of the 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 well-to-do class if you're part of the privileged class and you are selfish conservatism is really good for you because it requires you to give a shit only about yourself. If you are of an oppressed class or you can be part of the upper class or the privileged class. And if you actually give a shit about other people, fascism, right-wingism, conservatism, it seems terrible because it is about non-self-reliance. It's actually about, you might actually have to go out of your way to do something for your neighbor. God for fucking bid. And it's a reason why the mask issue is so political. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's like, you don't, you don't get to have a yacht and a helicopter and everyone gets to eat. And that's a problem for a lot of people. Not even that you don't get to have that. It's the, it's the idea that one day you can't have that. Most of the people that are, that are in favor of this shit are never going to be wealthy. They're going to be trounced on just as hard as anybody else, but they believe to their core that one day they are just temporarily embarrassed millionaires. And one day they will have that. But if socialism takes over, they won't ever have that. And therefore everybody else needs to not tax Jeff Bezos because the guy that makes $40,000 will start getting taxed too much. (laughs) You can't tax Jeff Bezos because what happens when I'm a trillionaire? (laughs) Well, I think that's why (laughs) I think that's why seriously people support anarcho capitalism because they think they're going to be the capitalists. 100%. 100%. Same as libertarians. Yeah. Which, I mean, to be fair, libertarians basically are anarcho-capitalists. These are, these are synonyms. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much equating them together. You know, they believe in the dissolution of the state and dissolution of regulations because they are of the belief that they will always be at the winning end of those. You know, rich people love having no taxes and no rules. I could, yeah, I could say that about anarchism, actually. Um, with uh, Anarchism is the left libertarian uh, quadrant of the political compass. And yeah, actually, you're the bottom left. <laughs> yeah, it pisses us off that um, ANCAPs stole the word libertarian away from us. Like the right stole the word libertarian away from the left because for the longest time um, – libertarianism was exclusively a left-wing philosophy and if you're talking about an international scale the rest of the world equates libertarianism with uh being left-wing exclusively left-wing yeah libertarianism should be it should be considered analogous to um to anarchism Mm -hmm. because libertarianism is anti-hieratical it is um you know, anti-authority, anti-oppression. Yeah, the other name for anarcho-communism is libertarian communism. Yeah. And yeah, these chuckle fucks on the right have, have co-opted the term. You know, again, just like the Nazis co-opted socialism. Yeah, and they did that to get workers on board with fascism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because just as fascism was new and sexy and everyone was talking about it, uh, so was communism. Communism and socialism were brand new sexy theories, um, and workers were big on board with them, so... And Mussolini, the language. Mussolini was actually a socialist before he invented fascism. 
Absolutely. It's actually funny. People always try to compare Trump to Hitler, and I've always actually said Trump is far more like Mussolini. Yeah, just a <laughs> fake populist. Yeah, absolutely. Trump is far more. Trump is nothing like Hitler. Uh, Trump is a lot like Mussolini. If you if you actually read up on Mussolini, what he believed, what he did, God, watch some speeches of his. I mean, he literally would stand on balconies and flex and, and throw. And you, you see pictures of Mussolini. He was he, he was he was, a, he was this egg faced guy. He was bald and he had no beard and that. He was he just kind of stand out there and do this. He, he would just stick his chin up into the air and he would he would have this kind of the stiff upper lip and he would literally like it was like he was scowling at the sun. It was the weirdest thing. He was constantly mad dogging the sky. And he would just he would flex on people and he would he would applaud himself and he would go up there and say really stupid shit and demand people cheer him on like the good little boy he was. And one of the best things, everyone at home, just Google Mussolini's office and you will see a Trumpian dream. He had this grand, gigantic office with this huge fucking desk. It was a billion square feet. It was just to make you feel small and make him feel better. He was on an incline. That sounds and, about right. And that that screams Trump far more to me than some anti-Semitic guy who loves dogs and has daddy issues. I've never heard somebody make that comparison, but I think that you made a pretty solid case. Yeah, it, it's always Hitler for him, and I, I disagree. Again, you, anybody, anybody who takes a minute to look up Mussolini and you'll be like, oh, that's more like Trump than anyone I've ever seen in history. But they're both fascists, so what does it matter? <laughs> fascists so, uh, and and that's, you know, something else that um, also unites anarchists and communists on the left is uh, the zero tolerance for Nazis and fascists. Yeah, we fucking hate those guys. Yeah. Uh, liberals want to hug it out with them. You know, liberals want to tell them they suck. And but, you know, I, I believe in what you say. I don't, I don't like what you say, but I believe in your right to say it. Oh, Chris, Chris, punching Nazis is bad. <laughs> <laughs> punching Nazis is delicious and I highly recommend it to all. I mean, you see, both sides are basically the same, right? So we should just meet in the middle. <laughs> that, horse, that fucking horse. I don't believe be. that for a fucking second. Uh, I no, believe that, no. that Germany still prosecutes Nazis for a reason. Yes. And that we should still do the same thing. And that's yes. the part I always bring up. Whenever people bitch about the like, Confederate statues coming down, they're like, well, that's what you, that's, you have to remember history. And it's like, oh, you mean because like all the Hitler statues that fucking hang out in Berlin? No. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, the books don't exist. I mean, I'm not a fan of China, but they execute billionaires and that's based as fuck. It is. Um, and here's the thing. China is, is really shitty, but at the revolution, Mao was doing some dope shit. Yeah. Um, at his downfall, not so much. He had a and, good take uh, on landlords. <laughs> he had a great take on landlords. Yeah. So, I'm, so <laughs> I actually um, am, am friends with a professor of Chinese history. And, and like I made this joke, you know, we were we were in a lecture together. We made this joke where I said, you know, said, you know uh, get, get out of your rent check with this one easy trick. Just ask Mao. <laughs> during the pandemic i saw some people like try to like intimidate their landlords by like signing letters with mal and stuff <laughs> yeah and it, it, that dude had no problem uh, uh hanging landowners and it was a good thing you know china was again it was another farming serfdom and the cool thing about that and that's the cool thing about theories it can be changed right anarchism socialism communism these political theories can be shifted for instance america desperately needs socialism but it needs to look different than russian socialism mm -hmm. and it needs to look different than european socialism it has to be unique and that was one of the things that i admire about people like mao and ho chi minh was these guys tailored it they you know, for instance marxism right it, it's tailored to the industry 
you know, Marxism says that uh, the revolution has to take place in factories. It has to be skilled labor in industrial city centers. That's where the revolution happens. And yes, in Russia, that's where the revolution happens. That's how it happened in that's how it happened in France too. You know, mm-hmm. peasants and farmers were not the people. But in China, it was the opposite. In China, it was the it was the it was the peasant masses that were ready to revolt and seize their nation. And, and Mao grabbed onto that, and he made a peasant revolt, which had never been done before. And then look at Ho Chi Minh. Again, he did a rice farmer revolt, took his country over from from European uh, imperialism. It was amazing. And so the left is happy to tailor and change, whereas the right is far less likely to because it's always the same old fascist rag every time. It is always God and country. And so in your estimation, with that being said, in your estimation, why do you think that the right seems to be so much more united than the left. Well, did you ever see the movie Spaceballs? And you can say you disagree <laughs> with that if you do. No, absolutely. No, 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 no. I think we all agree on that. When you're surrounded, when you're, you're they're united by hate. Because that's the thing. Like, the left doesn't like a lot of things, but there's no, the only thing we have to focus us is hatred of the right. And when the right puts up somebody that is Trump, it's easy to get behind and unite and vote in a Biden who's basically not much better as far as policy goes. But when they get someone like milk toast, like Mitt Romney, for instance, who again, policy wise is not going to be much different than Trump. He's kind of appealing to the left. He, he doesn't seem as dangerous. He doesn't seem as scary. And so the left isn't going to unite around them. I mean, I think the, the okay, but then we also have to talk about the difference between left and Democrats. I'm kind of going on that, but like there's a well, difference. I, I think we're talking also not just about American politics. I think we're talking, he, he's asking about, if I, I to put words in your mouth, I think you're asking about like just historically and globally, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Um, I think it comes down to individualist versus collective thought. Um, there's four of us here, right? Yeah. If the four of us want to order a pizza and we're going to decide what those toppings are, we're going to have an argument because now we're trying to make a collective decision for all four of us. Mm -hmm. But if all four of us are just thinking about ourselves and it's like, well, just me, 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 order whatever you want from Grubhub, do it. That's going to take four seconds and we're going to be united in that because we're only looking out for ourselves. Now, if all four of us are trying to order pizza for ourselves and it's one person gets a hold of the phone and that's the pizza that comes. Everyone can fucking suck it up. That's the problem with right way thinking is it will serve a minority, but it's easy to implement. It's very easy to implement policies and beliefs that serve a tiny minority if that minority happens to win the genetic or financial lottery. Whereas leftist thinking is collective thinking that requires thinking about ideas that aren't yours and it requires you giving a shit about someone else. And yeah. that's more complicated. Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, and it's true. Right-wingers are, are united by far more policy things too. You know, I mean, it, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a conservative that isn't, you know, anti-abortion. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a conservative that isn't pro-gun. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a conservative that has that doesn't have a problem with gays getting married. You know, like there are so many issues that unite them. And with the left, we're divided on so many things. Like there are people on the left that don't even agree, aren't even on board with, with gay marriage. You know what I mean? Like that's the problem. And we're all trying to figure it out. Whereas the right is pretty much just like, no, this is what we want. And we're going to vote for anything that challenges yeah, that. Because again, the left is about about what is correct and the left is about trying to find something that works for people and it's about trying to egalitarianism yeah and it's also about being trying to be factually correct right 
the left. Oh, yeah. It's so much easier to do shit if you just make it up. Yeah, and that's what's happening is the the left is actually trying to be factually correct, whereas the right is not. The right is not concerned with being correct about something. The right, it's a religious statement, okay? Yeah, and that's one of the fundamental principles of fascism is you just create your own reality. Yes. I mean, and that, and that's what it is. I mean, the Pledge of Allegiance is fascist. We stand children up in order in line in school and make them pledge Absolutely. allegiance to a fucking flag. How ridiculous is that? I mean, modern Germany thinks that's fucking insane. Yeah, most people think that's yeah. insane. In fact, if you talk to because anyone who's, who's are, from a foreign country <laughs> who comes here, they'll tell you the first thing they notice is why the fuck are there flags everywhere? It looks like Nazi Germany. Yeah. Yeah, patriotism and nationalism is viewed much differently in other countries. Patriotism is the belief that your country's better because you happen to be born there. It's fucking (laughs) stupid. Yeah. This, you know, that's the thing is the right is, 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 it's a faith statement. It is a, is a code of ethics is a thing to believe in, whether it is right or wrong. It doesn't fucking matter. You have to believe that Antifa is the real fascist. You have to believe that Jesus was white. You have to believe that money is great. You have to believe, you know, blank, blank, blank. And you have to believe these things, whether they're true or not, doesn't matter. You have to fucking believe them. That's why QAnon works so well. You know, oh, Hillary Clinton's got children chained up in a pizza parlor. It's like fucking what? You know, and, and JFK is coming back and Trump's controlling the Navy. And it's all this weird shit. But it doesn't matter because it doesn't require thought. If you were capable, right, of independent, cogent, skeptical thought, you wouldn't be a right winger. Yep. But if you're willing to swallow that pill, it's perfect for you. I think that that's where a majority of the right-wing collective lies is in that they have an issue with independent thought. I don't think that a majority of people that are conservatives, that are super religious, that are uh, Republicans are, are honestly capable of that super independent thought. I think that it's comforting. I think that it's easy. I think that it's all of those things that allow them to to be part of the family, to be part of the gang, to be part of the the idea, they they find it easy and comforting. Yeah, I mean you're not Being wrong. Being different and having that. your own idea is hard. It's hard to go against what everyone around you is saying, and that's why it's hard for us in a in a sea of of other people screaming at us to to stand here and say no, that's wrong. This is this is the way it should be. Yeah, because again, you're challenging you know, your religious belief. Right. It's yeah. based on faith. Exactly. It's based on what you want to be true. Correct. It's it's not based in reality. It it is. It's based on supernatural thinking. It's the temporary, you know, uh, what is it? The the billionaire or millionaire temporarily temporarily uh, embarrassed millionaires disenfranchised. Yeah, yeah temporarily embar- embarrassed millionaires. You know, do those people honestly believe that they are going to be millionaires someday? I, think so. I don't believe. I don't believe that they actually do, but I believe that there's a po- that they believe that there's a potential for it. Yes, mm-hmm. they yeah. know that. Like they know that if they're dirt poor and they're conservative, that they're not going to be rich someday. No, they're holding on to that belief, like you the know? guy who spent his paycheck on lotto tickets. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they're they're over here, you know, buying commemorative plates because <laughs> someday they might be fucking worth something. You know, it's the same reason why all these fucking old ass boomers buy, you know, uh, uh coins from the bullshit mints, you know, is because it 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 garners some sort <laughs> it's of guaranteed like, to increase in value one day. Yeah, like it's it's this it's collector like bullshit. It's 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 just ridiculous notions of of 
wanting to own a part of it to be a part of it. I think that's that that is 100% correct and I think it's half of the equation. The other half is uh, selfishness because sure. Oh, absolutely. The, the, selfishness is absolutely part of the all. The only that. reason masking became a political issue in this country is because wearing a mask helps somebody else. Like that's mm-hmm. it, 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 it's because yeah. wearing cuz like I anytime you can do an argument with an anti-maxer it's like, "Well, you'll still get it while you're wearing a mask." And it's like you don't you don't get it. It's like, "Well, if I pee on your leg, you wearing pants is good." No, but if we're both wearing pants <laughs> and you pee on my leg, it's not going to work. If we're both wearing pants, yeah. everyone fucking wins. So put your fucking mask on, you baby. And it's because yeah. it helps out someone else. You ha- you are counting on a conservative to actually put forth the tiniest amount of effort to make sure someone else's grandma or child doesn't die. And that is just too they fucking They have no much. interest in that. It literally doesn't make sense to them either. No. The idea to help somebody else, that's fucking – that's socialism. Why would I do that? Well, And that's what yeah. I was kind of getting at before too. Like, you know, we've done studies on this. We know this. The more conservative you get, the more likely you're, you, you are to have a physical – a negative physical reaction to information that challenges your worldview. World we, mm. We've done studies on this. Like it, it, it's not just a mental thing. It's they are so conditioned to reject anything that challenges them that – to be presented with information that they can't deal with causes them physical yeah, you're talking pain. about cognitive dissonance, and that, that yeah. affects everyone, yeah. but you're right, because the people who are more afraid of cognitive dissonance, people who experience cognitive dissonance worse, will, of course, have a more conservative worldview, because, again, that's that hot cup of cocoa, because, hey, smile, you're white, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You're Christian. <laughs> you're, you're straight. You're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry. Well, statistically speaking, too, historians are overwhelmingly left wing like because if you are a historian it's very difficult to be conservative and have a proper understanding of history absolutely again i i have a history degree and i'm a communist uh for that reason because <laughs> the funny thing is i didn't used to be um i, I will go ahead and and say this when i was 18 19 years old, uh, I, I thought Republicans were great because I didn't understand a worldview outside of my own. And I was like, whoa. Because you didn't know yeah, it. I was like, well, Republicans are about self-reliance and they're they're pro-gun. And those are things I care about. And and then all of a sudden I hit my 20s and I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> other people and their needs exist. And this is garbage. And again, that's, you know, when I started educating myself on history, having a history education, again, I don't want to tout it so much, um, because having any education is valuable. But in terms Mm -hmm. of politics and what will shift you left or right wing, the, the two things that will shift you to the left is an education in history or an education in science. Because both of them mm-hmm. are concerned with reality and what is true, not what you want them to do, and detecting bullshit. Science will give you the ability to actually check facts and will actually make you cogent of the idea that notions should be challenged. And history will give you examples of where this has gone wrong before and where lines of thinking were. You know, I was just having this conversation with a friend group earlier today, actually, Matt and Kay were in the chat. You know, and we we're making jokes about the January 6th guys and someone, you know, said something about Hitler. And I was like, how dare you compare them to Hitler? It's not like Hitler stormed a fucking hall and <laughs> went to jail for a few months. It's the same because we've seen this game before. 
He never attempted a coup. Yeah, but it's like, if you don't know about the Beer Hall push, and if you don't know about how he got elected to chancellorship, it's like, if you don't understand that rise, not to say that you won't think what's happening now is bullshit, but it won't rhyme, and you won't see it and go, wait a fucking second, I've seen this game before, and it's Mm -hmm. the same with capitalism. And it's like, not to say that you can't come to those conclusions, but the more you know your history, the more you're able to smell the bullshit. And yes, I do. there's a reason why everyone who's a history major is a left winger. You don't, you don't, yeah. you, you find mm-hmm. very few capitalists in, uh, in, in, in the historic in, in historians. Yeah. Because they know it's yeah. horseshit. You, you, you again, and, and you'll only find in, in the sciences, uh, you'll only find them in the sciences that are highly profitable, you know? Yeah. Like imagine, imagine learning more about American history and moving to the right. Yeah, a, a lot of people who are desperately <laughs> trying to do medical research that saves people's lives, uh, astronomers, you know, people who are actually invested in science for the benefit of mankind, you, you don't see a lot of right-wing capitalists. Now, people who are working for like pharmaceutical firms and making a bunch of money off of it, that's where you'll see it. But same as doctors. Doctors are medical scientists yeah. who mm-hmm. tend to be right-wing. Yeah. yeah. But that's economics. Yeah. 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 Anybody who works for a, a pharmaceutical company, probably when they started out, was doing research based on the need to cure some sort of disease. Yeah, they likely started in the public sector too. Correct. Yeah, they started out trying to help people. But I do think I think Jordan had a good point though. Is that education breeds liberal breeds what what should be known as liberalism. Education yeah. breeds leftism. It will shove you away from that right thinking because it's taught you how to actually think about something. Yeah, and anarchism, while we're actually talking about the theme of intellectualism, anarchism sprung out of the ideas of the Enlightenment. Absolutely. That's, yep. that's where libertarian and liberal thought first come from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is the English Enlightenment. As these guys were like, wait a second, this king thing is fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was liberal, liberalism and libertarianism and anarchism. These tenets formed from realizing that monarchy was garbage and that people yeah, should have the absolutely. right to live their will, you know, and and unfortunately, a group of people who the, like the Americans call themselves libertarians and most people call them moderates and liberals in America. Um, they never evolved that thought. Like you'll actually hear it's almost it's, I don't want to call it a dog whistle, but it's code. Is when you hear anybody say, I'm a classic liberal. <laughs> Dave Rubin. Classical liberal. Uh, Dave oh, fucking Rubin. Um, uh, what's oh, his name? The guy who yeah. does that. The, the... Didn't the Weinsteins do that? I, I'm too? trying to give a statement. Matt, the podcast, the, 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 the YouTuber who does the news that we used to like until he started turning into a douchebag. Oh, Phil DeFranco yeah, is a classic liberal. Like anyone who says, I'm a classic liberal. That's code. You're a fucking Republican. Yeah, they're telling you they are a liberal, like an American libertarian. Yeah. Life would just be great if the government would just stop getting in my way because I'm a special boy. That's what that thought process is. <laughs> I'm a special little boy, and the only reason why I don't run the world is because the government's in my way. Stupid minorities. That's that's that thinking. Oh my god, fucking Ann Rand stands. Oh Jesus, Ann Rand. Oh, you mean yeah. the entire Republican Party? Ted Cruz uh, holding up copies of fucking Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Elon Musk stands drive me crazy, oh, fuck too. fuck everything about oh, Elon Musk. God. I There was this great tweet where, you know, he, the, you know, um, Bernie, you know, it's, it's been in the news. Bernie Sanders made the tweet about taxing people and Elon Musk made the slam of, oh, I keep forgetting you're still alive. And someone commented that it was beautiful. And someone just said that, like, 
you know, the nicest guy in the world being dogged on by the shittiest, richest guy in the world is the best example of late stage capitalism I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know, right? Too. He, he just, he just goes straight hilarious. up. He just goes straight up fucking super villain. Well, yeah, he absolutely yeah. is. I mean, again, these guys are super villains. Elon Musk gets really sad late at night and he starts accusing people who rescue children that they're pedophiles. You know, he fucking tries to tank cryptocurrencies for fun to fuck people out of money. He plays with his stock. You don't which understand, is people's Chris, jobs. You don't understand. That guy who, who was a hero who saved the kid's life, he said mean things about Elon Musk's company and made him feel bad in his tongue tongue. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. He right. hurt Elon's little feelings. Fuck Elon Musk. Yeah, again, and he's he's such a piece of shit. He literally goes on Saturday Night Live and tries to excuse his fucking garbage supervillain behavior and saying, well, I'm autistic. It, it reminds me of like when Kevin Spacey was like, oh, hey, I know I raped a minor once, but I'm gay. You can't hate me. But I'm and gay. He's behind being yeah. gay. And here is Elon Musk hiding behind autism it's like no no that's not the problem the problem is you're a piece of shit and you're a sociopath and it's it's the yeah. same for fucking bezos you know bezos is, is literally he looks like fucking lex luther i mean it's it, it, the parallels are insane this guy runs a, a nationwide slave factory i don't know yeah i don't know if you guys have seen this pattern but it drives me absolutely crazy is i see a tendency for people to shit on Jeff Bezos, but they'll constantly give Elon Musk a pass because they think that he's fucking solving like the all the problems in society. Oh no! They're, like, they're, oh god, yeah, it's ridiculous. I, no, I've I've seen that too. They think he's fucking uh, uh what's his name? Zephyr Cochran and shit. Like I've seen those. Don't 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 you worry. Don't you worry. There's there's room for both of them up against the wall. Don't you worry. Oh yeah. You're in the well. All of you are in the L.A. area, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're saying that he's going to solve traffic with the tunnels or whatever bullshit. For years, it's not going to fucking happen. Are you fucking kidding me? They can't even get that shit to (laughs) work. They can't even get the subway system running normally here. I know, can't even get high-speed rail. How are they going to build all these fucking giant holes in the ground and keep them vacuum tight? Okay, you know know how there's like that, that kid... Um, and, and they were finger painting and it looked awful, but one person told them it was great and put it on the, the fridge. And so now they think they're fucking, they think they're a fucking artist and, and they won't stop cranking this shit out, even though it's garbage, but now, now it's gone too far and you can't stop. That's Elon Musk in a <laughs> nutshell. He's not a fucking engineer. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. This guy inherited a Parthid emerald mines in Africa. He runs a slave foundation bought into Tesla. He did not start Tesla. He didn't found Tesla. Yeah. He bought a company that was already doing this, kept the engineers there, hired more engineers, and then took credit for everything they did. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he made the Tesla. Elon's so fucking special. What a special good little boy. And he's just like, oh, look, everyone loves me. It's time to throw pedophile accusations on Twitter because I'm a good boy. And that's all it is. We are looking at his ego on Runaway, and that's all it is. Mm -hmm. It is the ego of a little boy who was told he was special one too many times, and no one ever told him no. Well said. Absolutely. If there if there is and if there is a note, face for for white male fragility in the Western world, it is Elon Musk. Kyle Rittenhouse yes, too. and Kyle. Oh my God! Oh, oh God, yeah. please, <laughs> can we just? Let's it's not. not no, no, no! I'm not going to go there. So mad. Look here. Let's just get. Let's just give him the Oscar, and then we can lock him up. The, the Oscar's for good acting. Just make oh, him the yeah, head of right. the FBI. Give him the Razzie. There you know, I, 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 actually, Jordan's right. Uh, being head of, being director of the FBI would be about the most appropriate appointment for him. I mean, that, if that guy doesn't scream J. Edgar Hoover energy, I don't know who does. Give that kid a dress yeah, and I mean, put him into the office. Yeah, I wanted to be a cop super bad anyways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, are you surprised? I, 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 he's a, he was there as a medic and putting out fires. Like, really? Because the only supplies he bought was ammo. 
Yeah. <laughs> fucking- I often bring assault rifles when I'm trying to provide medical assistance. My, my favorite is the people who argue in favor of right now. It's like, you didn't even watch the trial. You know, it's like, it was the same thing for Chappelle. I remember people like, you didn't even watch Chappelle. You didn't even watch the special. And it's like, so I sat down and watched the whole fucking thing, and it was worse than I thought it was. <laughs> and it's the same thing with the Rittenhouse trial. You haven't watched trial. It's like, and then I look up what the arguments were at the trials, and it's like, this is this is even worse than I thought. Yeah, it was it was super bad. I tried to keep f- a fair amount of abreast on it, and the absolute ridiculous bias of the judge just drive me drove mm. me fucking crazy. You know, the last minute change in um, the last minute striking down of the the one gun charge based on some fucking bullshit law, you know, about rifles and shotguns. It's just ridiculous. They should be they should be shooting for a mistrial. Everyone knows this is this is the laughable kangaroo court. Um, And that is what's going on. This is an absolute runaway kangaroo court. They're not going to get a mistrial. He's going to be found innocent on this charge and he's going to walk free. That is what's going to fucking happen. The only interesting the only interesting thing that we're seeing now is that they're still in deliberation. It's been what a day and a half or two days. They are. They are in deliberation, um, which, which which tells me that there are some people that are dissenting in that innocent deliberation verdict. is actually bad. It, it, deliberation is is very very bad for uh, for prosecutors. It is bad for prosecutors, but it's when it, when a jury takes too case, long. Is it like is it really? Yes. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, typically, yeah, it is. guilty verdicts because usually very what it means is that. Usually what it means is that there's one or two people that are dissenting on a few of the charges. And usually what happens is that there is like the the rest of the jurors will pressure the two or one that is holding out to 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 come over to their yeah, side. Well, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, that's but that's what I'm saying is like that's but anyway, we're, we're, we're not let's uh, not talk about the house trial. That's going to be for later. So yeah, um, Jordan, thanks for being here. That's going to pretty much cut for our time today. Um, but I really appreciate you bringing us a perspective we never get on this show. It was actually really good to have you and really good to start talking about these differences because if there's going to be any change, we need left fucking unity because the right and the center are unified great. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I'd love to come on again if you'd be so um I would love to have you on again. And before you go, I, w- I want you to plug this shit because you're at the 805 Uncensored Podcast. Like, let's throw out your Twitter. Let's throw, where, where can people find you? Where can people listen to you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm at 805 Uncensored on Twitter, 805 Uncensored Pod, P-O-D on Instagram. And you can also email me if you want to just ask me a question or get in contact with me. At 805 uncensored at gmail.com yeah and 805 uncensored on your twitter is uh, it's fire again that's how we found you guys is we're, we're we dance in the same circles and it's been it's been a lot of fun yeah you're one base dude <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks man um but yeah this has been awesome thank you so much for being here and we will throw everyone who's listening if uh if you like jordan if you like what he had to say um and you want to check out his views check him out and we will have his links up on our twitter when this drops so head to our twitter and uh, we will have his stuff up there thanks so much guys so yeah, uh, before we go though, Matt, you had something real quick about our Spotify stuff. Yeah, just a quick reminder: uh, the follower numbers are ticking up. We are uh, we just passed seventy eight follower uh, followers on Spotify now, so we're getting really close to that next uh, listener bonus. Remember, it's every fifty listeners on Spotify that we get. Um, 
keep following, keep subscribing, keep sharing this podcast out there. And the next listener bonus, once we get probably within 10, we'll probably start announcing uh, what we're going to do for it. But uh, yeah, keep spreading the podcast out there and getting the word out, guys. Appreciate all your work. Yeah, we, yeah, we are you. we are counting this. Just because Matt's been out in the high seas stealing people's houses doesn't mean he's not paying attention. Hey, I paid the iron price. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. And so everyone, uh, we will see you next week. Thank you for sticking around for this one. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and we will be here next week to throw nuggets of all left goodness in your ears. Until then, uh, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember, the revolution is you.